Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Good morning, Heartway. Welcome to your smooth jazz corner with no... (laughs) Oh, you like that one? Okay. (laughs) Two days ago, I had a a really profound experience. And it wasn't profound because of what happened. There was nothing stellar that occurred, at least externally. There was a realization that happened spontaneously. Spontaneously. You should know that's how grace hits us sometimes. Just shows up. There's no formula, it's just God saying, here I am. I was sitting on my porch and I entered into this very deep meditation. I was fully there, it was beautiful. And you know, I opened my eyes and as the genius and wise sage that I am, why, why y'all laughing? <laughs> I figured that it would be perfect to supplement my meditation with a good scroll through Instagram. <laughs> and I saw this video where this guy was crying and he was showing pictures of this little kitten. And he was showing, he was saying how much he loved this kitten and he was showing pictures of him and the kitten playing together and you know him making the kitten food and all the little silly faces the kitten would make and he was saying that he had just had to put her to rest and those who know me know that my two kittens those are my babies those are my babies and they both girls too they my little queens and they were on the terrace with me and I looked up and I saw the oldest one Lola and it hit me that she is going to die one day this fear rolled over me and I started to cry and then Almost spontaneously, that fear was replaced by this realization that why have I been thinking that her purpose has been to be eternal? The beauty of my love for her is most deeply expressed in the awareness that she is finite. And I said, wait, I'm in fear about this. I'm crying about this because... I'm not here with her. 
I'm crying as if she's already gone, but actually, I've got her next to me right now. And if I could lean into that fully, if I could be completely in this moment with this entity that I love so much, that is really where I can come into contact with the love of God. And with these tears in my eyes, I looked at her and it's crazy because in that moment, she legitimately, she was laying on her, on her stomach and she turns around like this. <laughs> you know that little over the shoulder look? And she just looked at me and I looked at her and I said, for the rest of your life, I will be here with you. I want to be here with you. I want to be here with me. Can we live every moment so fully that even if death struck a second from now, there would be nothing left to fear? And I'm saying all of this to say, we have the gift of entering into the, the centering prayer because it helps us to train that level of awareness, to be able to live in a way where we are here right now. I am here right now. I can taste, I can see that God is good. I can look at the birds. I can love people. And I'm done, but I got to tell you this. I started sending out messages to the people I love, just telling them I love you. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Everybody in here, I love you. Because I don't know if I'm going to be here a week from now. I don't know if I'm going to be here 10 minutes from now. But I do know that I get to be here with you now. And it is an honor. And I love you. And it is with that same intentionality that I invite you to get comfortable. And I invite you to close your eyes. And as you simply breathe, Just bring your awareness there. of your breath falls away. Uh, 
and you breathe with your whole self. There's no time here. There's no need for it. There is no identity here. There's no need for it. You feel such a calm state. don't even need to try to breathe. The breathing is just happening. messages into your spirit.
I don't have to try to love. Love is what I am. As I think about the people I love, that warmth, that energy is what I am. not defined by comparison it is defined by my identity this is my identity fear. I need not worry. Whatever pains and injustice I see in this world, your word says that I am more than a conqueror. just like how light is never devoured by the dark. Love does not devour, is not devoured. Love conquers. And I ask that with every step that I take, you would allow love to conquer bring forth victory, to bring forth change, to bring forth peace. And I ask you that I might experience the very love that I am. I thank you. 
so as one body on the count of three we're going to take one deep and full breath together one two As you open your eyes, everything that you just experienced is embedded in you. Love is your identity. I love you, Artway. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. Welcome to Hartway. It's been uh, such a great service so far, and grateful I get to come and share a few words of encouragement that can hopefully uplift your spirit and fill you with some spiritual energy so you can get through your week. And today, the title of my message is called Reclaiming Our Innocence. You know, Jesus oftentimes would point to children as an example of what it means to live a vibrant spiritual life. And I've thought about often, why is it that Jesus constantly pointed to children. I mean, look at, look at what he said in this passage of scripture. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, children are a symbol of innocence, you know, because they haven't been corrupted by society yet. But at some point along the line, because we experience a lot of pain and heartache and challenges and difficulties, we lose our sense of innocence. And in a lot of ways, spirituality is about rediscovering the innocence that we had before all of the trauma that we experienced growing up. And by innocence, I mean purity of intention. Innocence implies meaning no harm. Now, there's one psychologist who says there are three basic perspectives through which people see the world. Naive, cynical, and intentionally naive. Okay? So that first perspective, being naive, oftentimes we use that in a derogatory way. Like, oh, that person is so naive. They're so gullible. They just think everybody is a good person. They believe everything that everyone says. When you're naive, that means you lack some life experience. Because all you gotta do is live for a little while and encounter other human beings <laughs> to finally realize, oh, wait a second, not everybody has pure intentions. Not everybody has your best interest in mind. And when you experience enough of that pain and heartache and abuse and trauma, it's very easy to move into this second perspective, which is being cynical. And a lot of us, we stay stuck here. We're just angry. We're bitter. We hold a grudge against life, against God, against people. We don't like that life is the way that it is. And because we've experienced so much pain, now we begin to harden our hearts. We become angry at life and other people. If somehow that pain gets to the point 
that you don't want to suffer it anymore and you begin to look for a solution and you begin to try and heal from the stuff that you've been through in your past and you tap into those childhood wounds that you never tended to. If God is gracious to you, you can move into this final perspective of being intentionally naive. What does it mean to be intentionally naive? Well, when you're naive, you don't know any better. When you're intentionally naive, you know better. You know how people are. You know what's out there. You know what can come to you, but you still choose to keep a purity of intention. You still choose to have goodness in your heart. It takes a very brave and courageous person to be intentionally naive and to move beyond the cynicism that comes from being mistreated by other people and going through difficulties in life. So Jesus was describing this third perspective when he told his disciples to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. What does that mean to be wise as a serpent and innocent as a dove? Well, again, wisdom can only come through experience. We can't be afraid of experiences, even the crazy ones, the things that you never thought would happen. That's naivety. Oh, I never imagined that something like this can happen. Intentional naivety is like, oh, no, I'm not surprised anymore. <laughs> People don't surprise me anymore. I know what the human heart is capable of. And I still choose to trust people anyways. How do we get there? I know that this person can let me down and I'm still gonna let them in. I know this person may not live up to all of my expectations of them and I'm still gonna be okay with that. I know what they're capable of, I'm still gonna trust. This doesn't mean, by the way, you just trust anybody and everybody. But when you do choose to trust, you go all the way with it. You go all the way. Everybody, uh, well, not everybody, but some of y'all know, because I've spoken about it before, I'm like a Star Wars nerd. Anybody like Star Wars? All right. Well, they got this new, you know, they got this new series now on Disney Plus called Obi-Wan, the legend, the legend, Obi-Wan. What was that? Oh, the, the new episode was on Wednesday already. It was the season finale. I'm about to spoil it for you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, yes, I was watching the season finale. I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a, part, there's a part in the show where Obi-Wan, who's like this master Jedi, okay, he comes across a guy who is posing as a Jedi. So he's a fake Jedi. And eventually, Obi-Wan exposes him but somehow they become friends because Obi-Wan needs him to escape from the villains, right? So it gets to a point in the storyline where after they've become friends, Obi-Wan has to trust this guy with a very important task. I need you to take care of this little girl that I've been watching over while I leave to do something else. Can I trust you with this? And that guy, the fake Jedi, is like, well, yes, I, I'll, I'll take care of her. But, you know, I don't know if you really will believe the word of a, of a liar and a fake Jedi. And Obi-Wan looks at him and says, it's good enough for me. Now, 
Can someone who responds like that be taken advantage of? Absolutely. It happens all the time. But what would possess somebody to say, your word is okay. That's enough for me, even though I know what you've done in the past. That, for me, is an example of being intentionally naive. Being intentionally naive and seeing the best in another person. Being willing to give this person a shot, even though you know you may get let down, but you understand that this is a part of life. People are people. See, both the naive person and the intentionally naive person will get cheated and deceived by others. The difference is, the naive person will eventually become cynical and shut down and get bitter and get angry while the intentionally naive person opens up in scenarios like that. They show more compassion. They show more love. They don't give up on the idea of love or the idea of relationships, but they are willing to put themselves on the line again because the beauty of love is worth the pain that may be involved in it. The beauty of relationships is worth the suffering that may be involved in it. The question is, and a lot of us have this question, how do I trust again after I've been hurt, after I've been betrayed, after I've been abandoned? Well, the way not to do it is by expecting it to never happen again. But that's what a lot of us do. We go through something and then we put this expectation on the next person. This is ne you're never going to let me down. You're never going to do what that person did. Well, that's the total way not to do it because you will get let down. You have to accept the possibility that it could happen again. You have to accept the reality of the situation. It's always a possibility that something like what you experience, may have to be experienced again. The difference is, if you have a strong foundation, if you trust in God, even if other people that you trust show you that they're no longer trustworthy, you're going to be okay because you, you trust life. You trust yourself. You trust in the way that things are. It's a risk. It's always going to be a risk. Is the risk worth it? Is trusting other people worth it? Jesus went through this experience a lot. There was one incident where many of his disciples left him. Look at this passage of scripture. And then he says, oh, oh, actually, yeah, go back. This is a good one. My seminary professor told me this once. Don't ever stop seeing the humanity in them, even if they refuse to see the humanity in you. That's what it means to be intentionally naive. Don't ever stop seeing the humanity in them, even if they refuse to see the humanity in you. Now look at this passage of scripture from the Gospel of John. It says, from that time on, many of Jesus' disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus turned to the 12, his closest disciples, and said, do you want to leave too? There comes one point in the Gospels where Jesus looks to Peter and says, I already know that you're going to betray me. But when you come back, no, I'm here with open arms. With Judas, right before Judas was about to betray Jesus during the Last Supper, there's a scripture that says, 
Jesus to Judas saying, whatever you're going to do, just do it quickly. So he, he already knew. He already had a sense. He already had this inkling inside himself that there was something off, that these people were going to leave him, that they weren't going to stand by his side after he gave so much of his time and energy and love and commitment. And yet before the betrayals happen, Jesus is kneeling down, washing their feet, serving them. What would possess somebody to do this? At the end of the day, there is no relationship without risk. And what is life without relationships? Nothing. But in order to survive humanity and other people being people, you have to really learn what unconditional love is. Unconditional love means unconditional. It means I love you not because of anything you do for me. I just love you because that's who I am. When that becomes your position in life, people can come and go, but that does not change the way you treat them. You understand? So Jesus went through all this betrayal, but he remained unmoved, unshakable in his love. And love means freedom. Love means freedom. Which means I love you so much that I will let you be what you want to be in this moment. And I will not allow that to affect the way that I am towards you. Once you do that, you become immune to the things that other people do. It doesn't mean that you don't feel pain. It doesn't mean you don't feel hurt. But you are okay with that. You're okay. You understand that it's a part of the package. See, a lot of us have been taught from very young that people are just naturally bad, that we have to live very defensively. We have to constantly watch our back and be careful because everybody is out to get you. Anybody know what it's like to kind of live with that sort of fear and now you really don't trust anybody, but the thing about it is people who don't trust other people are not trustworthy themselves. There's a reason why people are not trustworthy. It's like sometimes I've been with like guys who have like a daughter or you know a close girlfriend that now has a boyfriend and they're like I, I know how guys are. <laughs> like I know how guy you better watch out for them man. I know how guys are. No no I no, now I know how you are. <laughs> and you projecting that on everybody else. That's how guys are. No that's how you are. And you think all the guys are like that, right? So people tell on themselves. And I know if someone is not, if someone is not trustworthy, if they don't trust other people, it's because they're not trustworthy themselves. And they know how, how fickle they are and how one moment to the next they can do something just for their own gain. And so I'm not going to put it past you. And we have to be honest because we all have that in us. We all have the capability of doing that. You know what I mean? But we don't have to live cynically with this fear that everybody is always out to guess us. If you think the worst of people, that will be a self-fulfilling prophecy. You will bring out the worst in people oftentimes. And that's what cynicism does. And so a lot of us, that's all we're, that's all we're used to. We just have to always watch our back because we're going to get taken advantage of. Somebody's going to wait for us to slip. Got to be careful. But the reality is people at their core are actually good. 
And nobody ultimately wants to do harm and wants to do evil. But when they do, it's because they are a victim of their circumstances and situations which have turned them into these kind of people. For example, when you look at children, we got some kids that are angels, we got some kids that are demons. <laughs> but even the demon kids, okay? Even the demon, even the demon children, it's like, you know, even the most stubborn child, even the most stubborn child, we don't blame them for being this way, right? Normally we just blame the parents or, <laughs> or the lack of parenting. But, but even the most stubborn child in the world, you know, like this, this is a horrible human being. No, you know this child, I know that's messed up, right? <laughs> This child is a product of their environment. They cannot help it. We never stop being those children. But you will never be able to see that innocence in others until you first claim it for yourself. Do you know that you are guiltless before God? Do you know that you are not at fault for your life being the way that it is? Do you really know that there's nothing wrong with you and that you're not broken? That's the message of the gospel. But if you don't claim it for yourself, if you're still blaming yourself. Now, the other side of that is we do need to take responsibility. It's a paradox. You are perfect the way you are and you can use a little improvement. <laughs> That's the truth. And that's the truth of every human being. We have to take responsibility. I'm not saying just, oh yeah, no responsibility. No, but responsibility is different than guilt. You are guiltless. And when you actually consider what you were thinking and believing in your mind when you did those things that you are not proud of, ask yourself, did I actually really have a choice? Did I really have a choice? When you consider what was in your mind, what were you, th you were thinking, what you were believing, what you were desiring in that moment when you did what you did, I can't, I don't know about you, I can't help the thoughts that come into my mind. Sometimes they're there and then I believe them and then I act out on them and then I'm like, oops, that happened. All right, well, really, really. I was watching this documentary on Netflix, jacked up, it was this guy who, it's called sextortion. He was basically extorting women for money and telling them that he was going to expose them with some sexually explicit photos that they had sent or that he had hacked from like their phone or their email or something crazy like that, right? Sick, talk about just sick. And this went on for years and he did this with multiple women. It's on Netflix. and. When the FBI started to do investigation on him, look at his phone and what was on his phone and his messages and his emails, they looked at his searches on Google. You wanna know what one of the searches was? Why can't I be a good person? Why can't I be a good person? You know, obviously, of course, when, when, when evil gets to that point, 
it's very difficult for some of us to have any sort of sympathy or mercy for anybody. I'm not asking you to go that far in this particular case with this guy. But there's something about that Google search that humanizes him. And everybody must be humanized in that way. Otherwise, we create monsters. And then we become those same monsters ourselves when we react out of our fear and our anger and our bitterness and our cynicism. There's this wonderful uh, story in the Islamic tradition about the prophet Muhammad. And the story says that every day the prophet Muhammad would walk by a certain house to go pray. And when he walked by this house, this woman just did not like him. And she would throw garbage on him every day. He would go to pray. Every time he would pass by the house, she would throw heaps of garbage on him and insult him. This happened for a very long time. One day, the prophet walked by the home and no garbage was thrown on him. He's like, whoa, what's going on here? (laughs) And so he decided to inquire about where this woman was and what was going on with her. He ended up finding out that she had fallen very ill. And so he went to her home and he knocked on her door and he was let inside and he found her in the bed. And she was scared because she didn't know what he was going to do. But instead of retaliating or reacting, he said, is there any way that I can help you around the house? He started to clean the house. He started to help her with some of her chores. And this woman was so touched by his love that she ended up becoming one of his most faithful followers. It's the power of innocence, the power of a pure heart, pure intention, meaning no harm. Look at this wonderful quote on innocence. Innocence is a state when purity overwhelms the heart. Purity is the basis of innocence. There is no manipulation, no private agenda, no urge to prove anything to the world, no expectations and corresponding disappointments. Just sheer love generated out of purity of the inner space. Only such a space creates the state of innocence. Innocence should not be confused with naivety. Naivety is a weakness. Innocence, strength. Innocence is a state close to godliness. And godliness brings forth the state of innocence. True saints and small children are prime examples. A state of no ego, no expectations, no manipulation, and no hidden agenda leaves the space for innocence. So I want to leave you with some takeaways. How can we move from cynicism to intentional naivety. First thing is to choose to see the best in others. There's a story about a monk who would always get drunk. He lived in this monastery with a whole bunch of other monks, and he would always get drunk. And some of the pilgrims who would come to visit the monastery were always disturbed by this monk who was constantly getting drunk. And the other monks that lived with him were kind of tired of his mess. One day he died. And a lot of the people were speaking ill of him when he passed away. But the elder monk heard what they were saying and decided to kind of fill in some of the gaps for them. And he said, you know, this man that you're making fun of, when he passed away, I saw a legion of angels there by his side. And they were shocked, like, what? How could there have been angels by this man's side at his deathbed when he was constantly drunk? He, I mean, he had no regard for God. He was just, 
a mess. And the monk told them, you know, when he was younger, his country was being invaded by foreigners. And these foreigners were taking all of the young men. His mom, out of wanting to protect him, would hide him in bags and things like that and take him to work when he was a little infant. And in order to keep this baby quiet, she would put a little bit of alcohol in his milk. So he would kind of go to sleep and be at peace. So eventually, as he grew older, he was addicted to alcohol. And when he decided to join the monastery, he had uh, embraced a challenge from the elder monk. And that challenge was that he was going to do his best to just lessen the amount of alcohol that he drank by one glass, a, uh, uh, one glass at a time. One, just one glass at a time. And so at first he would drink 20 glasses of alcohol a day. The following year, he got it down to 19. The following year, he got it down to 18. Near the end of his life, he was only drinking two or three glasses of alcohol a day, but he would still get drunk. So that's why he was still acting in that way. But look at the improvement that he made. And so the elder monk said, this whole time you've been seeing a drunk sinner, but I've been seeing a struggling saint. Choose to see the best in others because you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And even when someone slips up and falls, you don't know if this is preferable to what once was. You don't know if this is even advancement for them. Secondly, invoke humility. Invoke humility. And I want to read to you this quote from a spiritual teacher I love. His name is Dr. David Hawkins. It is an informative practice to pretend to be stupid. And by the invocation of radical humility, God shines forth. I know that sounds weird to some of you, but try it out. Can you think of a time when it would be helpful to pretend to be stupid? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of times, uh, Ryan always compliments me on this all the time. He's like, man, because we go to the gym, you know. We're always working out in the gym, and in the gym, it's all the alpha males. Yeah, you know, and so like Ryan's always like, bro, I commend you, man, because anytime, you know, one of the guys come and, 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 you know, they like to teach you how to work out. Everybody likes to Let me show you how to, you know, let me let me teach you a couple things here and there. But thank God I'm open to learn. I'm willing to learn, you know, but a lot of you would be surprised how many times people get into issues because somebody's trying to step up and be the superior and then the other one's trying to be the superior as well. You got two alphas doing this and now everybody's just trying to show off and see you know, who's the, the higher man, the superior man. And we all deal with this in our own way. What a great opportunity to pretend to be stupid. <laughs> really, to pretend to be stupid. Just pretend to be stupid, it's called humility. It's called humility. And there's a lot of people that I'm friends with that I probably wouldn't be friends with if they sensed a little bit of, you know, that kind of energy coming forth from me, which I can bring forth that kind of energy. But for what? What are you trying to prove? And to who? You know what I'm saying? And that's just a little stupid example. But another good example, another good example, when would it be good to pretend to be stupid? Maybe when people are talking trash around others around you. 
Oh, I love to pretend to be stupid in that. And I know a lot of things. I know a lot of things. I know a lot of things. I can say a lot of things. Just pretend to be stupid. Oh man, did you hear about so-and-so and they're doing this and they made this decision and blah, 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 blah. I don't know, man. Honestly, like really just, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But why, 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 why? Why do anything else? Just pretend to be stupid and through radical humility, God shines forth. You know, I wanna be the kind of person where rumors come to an end. You know what I'm saying? Somebody's speaking rumors around other people. I want to be the place where it stops. And it stops sometimes just pretend to be stupid. Next, cover over people's faults. The scriptures say love covers over a multitude of sins. We do not know what this is anymore in our call-out culture. And it sucks because now it's online. It's kind of permanent you know but we love to just call out other people's faults but what I've noticed is that people who like exposing others are really just hiding themselves and it's the ones who don't expose others who then have to deal with the backlash of what those others may say and it takes a lot of strength to take accusations and to hear accusations and to not respond in kind. But you cannot get it twisted. Just because somebody's covering over someone's faults doesn't mean they're not there. But love covers over. Love covers over. What does it look like to look over people's faults instead of just highlighting them all the time? That's intentional naivety. And then last but not least, is be good to those who aren't good to you. Of course, when other people aren't good to you, when they don't treat you right, of course we want to react in like manner. It's just natural that we want to do that, and we want to defend ourselves, and we want to fight, and we got to stand up for ourselves. But truth will always win out at the end of the day. And the truth doesn't have to be defended. It just needs to be lived. That's it. You can choose cunningness you can choose manipulation you can choose revenge but all that's going to end up leaving with you with at the end is guilt and a mind that is filled with turbulence because of fear and a conscience that is eating you up alive on the inside if you want peace if you want tranquility in life it comes from purity of intention it comes from innocence and simplicity because when you have your integrity when you know that you're walking in your truth when you're living out your values and your principles, that becomes enough for you. And so, what does it mean to recover our innocence? Number one, understand that you are guiltless. And once you really get an understanding of that, now begin to see the innocence in all others. And even though you know what people may be capable of, and you know that they can hurt you, and you know that they may not live up to your expectations, Take the risk and choose to trust anyways. Choose to live with an open heart anyways because love is worth it. Let's pray. God, today we ask that you would help us become like little children. Help us to recover our sense of innocence. May you develop in us a purity of intention so that as we go about our lives, we would... Intend no harm towards others. And even when harm is done to us, help us to choose the higher road, to be able to cover over people's faults, 
to be humble, to choose to see the best in others, to do good to those who are not good to us. Knowing that you are the one who takes vengeance on our behalf. So God, we trust you and we thank you for the work that you're doing in our heart. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. Thanks for being with us. Love you. Hope you enjoyed it today. Catch you next Sunday.